Welcome uh, to Beyond Church tonight. Whether it's your first time, your hundredth time, we are just so glad you are here and joining us for the fourth and final part of a series we've been doing here at Beyond called Surviving Christmas. And the reason why we've been doing this series is to help you navigate through some of the tensions and some of the struggles and some of the challenges that are presented at Christmas. Christmas is a unique time of year. Um, It's a time of year where we're gathered around a whole lot of people. It's a time of year, because we're gathered around so many people, it can be easy to gossip about those who have hurt us and gossip about people. And we talked about in part one of this series how gossip is maybe the quickest way to ruining your Christmas. And we talked about how you overcome gossip so it doesn't destroy your Christmas. In part two, we talked about loneliness. For some of us, Christmas is an extremely lonely time. Whether we're gathered around people or not, we can find ourselves disconnected in relationships. And we looked at how you can connect and how you can escape this feeling of loneliness. And finally, last week in part three, we looked at the idea of how do we do for those who don't do for us? How do we extend love to those who would never dream of extending love to us? And that's what we looked at across uh, the last three weeks. If you didn't catch any of those messages, don't worry, because they, they're up, uh, recorded, um, up on our SoundCloud. But even if you haven't, you don't need them to listen to tonight's message, because tonight's message is all about one thing. And it doesn't matter if you didn't listen to them, because tonight I'm going to give you all the information you need. And the one thing that we're going to talk about tonight is the one word that seems to get thrown around Christmas more than any other time of the year. It's one word that we write, uh, listen to songs about, we sing carols about them. It's one word that we uh, write in Christmas cards to other people. It's one word that pops up all the time in movies around Christmas time. It's this word, joy. This word joy, it comes across Christmas and it's, um, it's bracketed around this Christmas time because Christmas is a joyful time of year. Christmas is a time to be joyful. It's a time to have a, one, a sense of wonder about you. We talk about Christmas being a wonderful time of year. And if you're a child, Christmas certainly is a wonderful time of year. And for me, when I was a child, it was the most wonderful time of year because there's presents, there's Christmas lights, there's, there's uh, gingerbread to eat, there's trifle, there's pavlova, there's so much going on. And for me, my Christmas kind of experience was the best on the world in the world because I have the most amazing grandma on the planet and she is 70 but around Christmas time she turns seven and she just goes around and just goes nuts with Christmas stuff. In October she's already set up with the house uh, with Christmas lights and Christmas trees. In November we're listening to Christmas carols and come December there's almost a present for every day of the week. Uh, We're going out to all the QPAC lights and checking them out. We're getting snaps with Santa our grandma and all the grandsons, and then it comes to Christmas Eve. And for us, this is a big time of year because families come around. It's the one time I really get to see my aunties and my uncles and my cousins. We're all gathered around. We'll go out to see a Christmas performance, sing some carols, and then we'll all come home to grandma's place. And Grandma, because she loves Christmas and she can't wait till Christmas Day, she gives everybody a present and you get to open it. And it's just so exciting. And then after that, after you've opened your presents, we all fall asleep underneath the Christmas tree to wake up the next day with Christmas presents all around us. It's just the most wonderful time of year. And my six-year-old self waking up with all these presents scattered around me, it was just the most wonderful time of year. Christmas was a time of joy for sure. 
And I don't know about you, but I can imagine Christmas is definitely a time of joy when you were a child. But as we get older, Christmas starts to kind of lose some of its magic. It starts to lose some of its wonder. And rather being a time of joy, it can become complicated. All of a sudden, we've got presents to buy. They don't magically appear around the Christmas tree. We've got presents to buy. And the problem is, we don't know what our friends want. We don't know what our family wants. We go to the shops and we can see everything we want. We can see everything we need, but we can't see one thing that anybody else wants. Not only that, but fellas, how do we buy a present? It is just the hardest thing in the world. How do we find out what she wants? We go up to her and we ask her, what do you want? And what does she say? I don't want anything which you and I both know, if you take that on face value, Christmas will be anything but a wonderful time of year, so you need to work it out. What does she want? I don't know. Christmas is complicated, and not just because of presents and gift-giving, but it can be a complicated time of year because Christmas and everything that's happening around it can rise and bring to surface some tensions in relationships. All of a sudden, families around and we don't kind of notice those tensions between, you know, our in-laws and and the other side of the family. We don't notice those tensions between our cousins and we don't notice the tensions between our uncle and our auntie, but all of a sudden everybody's together and all of a sudden that tension, those different political views, those different uh, beliefs, those different uh, views on people seem to kind of rise to the surface and all of a sudden we've got this tension and we've got to find out a way to how to, to navigate around it. Not only that, but Christmas can be a time where all of a sudden our finances, our financial situation can kind of come to the surface. You know, we're struggling to pay for our rent and now we've got to buy presents for people and we want to buy them presents because we love them. We want to show them that we love them, but it's hard to pay for our rent. How are we going to buy them a present? Not only that, but Christmas can be a time that surfaces unmet expectations. They didn't get us what we wanted We didn't get invited to that party. They didn't actually come to our place for Christmas. They went somewhere else. It can be a time of unmet expectations, but not only that, it can rise to the surface, the pain of a lost loved one. They're not here this Christmas anymore. They used to be, but they're not anymore. Christmas can become complicated, particularly when we get older. And it can be hard to even imagine experiencing joy at this time of year. And tonight... I want to answer one question for you. Is it possible to experience Christmas or joy at this time of year in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the complication, in the midst of all the mess, in the midst of everything that's going on, is it possible to experience joy? Tonight, I want to help you have the most wonderful time of Christmas, be filled with joy no matter what's happening in your life. And to do that, I want to start talking about something else and then we're going to kind of bring it back to joy. And the one thing I want to talk about tonight is treasure. We all treasure something and if you don't kind of catch catch the treasure analogy, it's all about what you value. We all value something, we all treasure something. For some of us, it's our dog. For some of us, it's our family. For some of us, it's our friends. Some of us, it's a possession. It's a car. It's a house. It's something else. We all value, we all treasure something. For some of us, it's our phones. It's just the most valuable thing on the planet. If we lost it, we don't know what would happen. We all treasure something. And not only that, but the 
why we're talking about treasure and why I want to talk about it tonight is because what you treasure and what you value will influence the joy you have. What you treasure will influence the joy you have. Let me flesh that out a little bit more. See, when we spend time doing something that we treasure, we experience joy. When we spend time playing soccer, when we spend time playing music, when we spend time serving other people, when we spend time giving gifts to other people, we can experience joy. When we spend time with somebody that we treasure, with our family, with our friends, with our girlfriend, our boyfriend, our our partner, we can experience joy. And when we move towards achieving something, we move towards achieving that goal, we move towards attaining that, that career that we've been set on for our life, when we get that OP, it can give us joy. But on the flip side of that, when we lose some, something that we treasure, we can lose our joy. When we have something that we treasure get damaged, we can lose our joy. When we lose somebody that we treasure, we can lose our joy. Or even when somebody that we love, that we treasure, gets hurt, we can lose our joy. All of a sudden, we find out they're in an accident, we find out that they're at the doctors, we find out they're injured, and all of a sudden, that feeling of joy is lost. We, when we move away from achieving something uh, that we treasure, or when we lose the hope of achieving it, they tell us that we will never make it, that we will never make that goal, that dream that we've had ever since we were a child. We can lose our joy. And this idea of treasure is so important when it comes to joy because what you treasure will influence the joy you have. And Jesus saw treasure as such an important thing that within one of his most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about this idea of treasure and he says, for where your treasure is, your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And within this one sentence, Jesus so eloquently paints this picture of how our life works. Where your treasure is, what you value, it will influence how you feel. It will influence the emotions within your heart. It will influence the desires within your heart. Whatever you treasure, and whether that's popularity, it will influence the emotions within your heart. If you uh, treasure popularity, then it will force you to uh, feel emotions. Uh, your, your emotions will be based on your treasure. And so when you gain popularity, when you get in with that group, you feel good about you. But when you lose popularity, when you lose those followers, all of a sudden you feel bad about you and you lose that joy. Uh, it could be something else, whether it's your career, you're doing well in your career, when you treasure your career and you're doing well in it, you feel great about you because your heart is connected to your treasure. But not only that, but Jesus pulls this full circle because within his uh, teachings, he points out that everything that we do, our life, flows from the heart. Everything that we do, everything that we do in our life flows from what's within our heart, with, flows from within the emotions within our heart. And so whatever we treasure, it will influence ultimately the trajectory of our life. It will change the way we live. It's the reason why some of you go out and buy the newest fashion, the newest iPhone, because you want other people to think that you're great. It's the reason why uh, uh, people in business neglect their families because they want to 
get the dollars, or they want to uh, make it in that career, and they treasure their career over their family, and as a result, their life reflects that, and they neglect their family because that is what they treasure. What you treasure will influence the trajectory of your life, it will influence the emotions within your heart, and it will determine whether or not you experience joy this Christmas. And when your treasure is connected to something that is temporary, your emotions and your feelings for joy will rise and fall. And that's what Jesus goes on to talk about in this, uh, talk, uh, this teaching of treasure. See, Jesus identifies two types of treasures, that which is temporary and that which is permanent. And Jesus goes on to explain that when you put your hope in temporary treasure, it will only give you temporary joy. But, when, but if you put your hope in permanent treasure, it will give you permanent joy. And Jesus goes on with this teaching, and we're going to pick up in Matthew 6, 19. He goes on to say, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, where moss and, and vermin can break in and destroy, where thieves can break in and steal, it's temporary. Jesus is pointing out that treasures on earth can be stolen, and they can be destroyed, and they, while they may be here today, they may fade away tomorrow. What Jesus is pointing out here is treasures on earth are temporary. Everything that you and I treasure here on this planet, while it may be a great source of joy, it is temporary. And temporary treasure can only give temporary joy. Now, I know this kind of sounds a little bit grim, and it's something that we don't like to think about, but everything on earth, and you and I both know this, is temporary. And it's something that we only realize when we lose what we treasure when we get fired from our job, when we're forced to retire because we can't do it anymore, when we get broken up with or that relationship ends, when it all comes to an end, all of a sudden we realize that it's all temporary. And when you, it's kind of hard to imagine when you're in your 20s and your 30s because it feels like we've got so much time to go. But when you talk to people in in their 80s and 90s, Something they will all tell you is make the most of it while it lasts. Make the most of the time while it lasts. Almost to point out the fact that it won't last. Almost to point out the fact that we thought it was going to last forever, but now we're in our 80s and we're 90s, and all of a sudden we don't have the same energy we used to. All of a sudden we don't have the same kind of uh, health that we used to. And all of a sudden, we're starting to realize that why we thought it was permanent at one point, it's only temporary. And so make the most of it while it lasts, because it won't be here forever. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here. Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, he's not saying you shouldn't go out and, like, it's not, it's not bad to go out. He's not saying, like, it's not bad, or it's bad to go out and, like, get wealth and Uh, He's not saying it's bad to go out and, uh, like, seek relationships. What he's saying is this shouldn't be your only pursuit. Seeking treasures on earth shouldn't be your only pursuit because in the end, they're temporary. And if you've ever lost a loved one, you know that this is true, that it's temporary because 
when it comes to the end, you notice that while you thought it was forever, it wasn't. And even the thought of losing somebody that we love, it hurts. It's something we don't like to think about because it's almost like there's something within all of us that says, this isn't the way things should be. Life shouldn't be temporary. This isn't the way life should be. It shouldn't come to an end. It shouldn't fade away. And it's because it isn't the way it should be. And it's the way, it's not, certainly not the way that your heavenly Father wanted it to be. And that's what we celebrate here at Christmas, where God gave His one and only Son to take away what is temporary and to give you something permanent. He gave you... He gave His one and only Son to die for us and to set us free from the grasp of that which steals and destroys everything that we treasure dearly. And by dying for us, He gave us a gift, a gift that is permanent, a gift that can never be taken away. He gave us the gift of eternal life. He gave us the gift of heaven, a permanent gift that can never be taken away. And so Jesus goes on with this, painting this picture of temporary treasure and he goes on to explain permanent treasure. And he goes on in the next verse and he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Why? Because they are, that is where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven because they are permanent. They can never be stolen and they can never be destroyed. They can never be taken away from you. Go after the treasures on earth, but don't make that your only pursuit because at the end of the day, what is temporary can never give you lasting joy. Only that which is permanent can give you joy that never ends. See, that's what your heavenly Father wanted for you. And that's why He gave His one and only Son to die for us and to give us a gift that goes beyond temporary, that goes beyond uh, 80 or 90 years, and that goes to the end, that is eternal, the gift of heaven. So, I guess the bottom line of tonight's message is simply this. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, but not necessarily because of what's happening right now, but because of what happened. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, because of what God did for you and for me. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year because He gave His one and only Son to set you and I free from the grasp of that which steals and destroys everything that we treasure and gave us a permanent treasure that we could never, that could never be taken away. A treasure that we can hold on to in the midst of of everything that's going on. And when things aren't going well in our life, when things aren't going well in our relationships, we can hold on to this one truth, this one gift, that in spite of everything that's happening, it can never be taken away. Now, I recognize that some of you are probably sitting here and going, not buying it. Others of you are sitting here and going, well, that kind of sounds all right, but what does it look like to pursue treasure in heaven? What does it look like to pursue the treasure that God has given to us? Others of you are like, I'm in, how do I do it? I'm in, how do I do it? And Jesus answers that very question in His other teaching about treasure. Later on, Jesus would 
uh, give an illustration of the nature of heaven, and He would reveal to us just what it means to treasure heaven. And He goes on in Matthew 13, 44, and He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, there's that word, hidden in the field where a man found it, when a man found it, and he hid it again. Now, what Jesus is doing here is He's painting a, a, a story a story that everybody in the first century would have been able to connect with. Now, back in the first century, there was no banks. So if you were wealthy, what you would do is you would bury your treasure in the ground. And you would bury your wealth in the ground so that you, one day when you wanted to make an investment, when you wanted to go buy something, you would go to where you buried your treasure and you would dig it up and then you would go buy whatever you wanted. You would invest in whatever you wanted. And you couldn't leave your treasure in your house and you couldn't leave your wealth in your house because this was a time of war. And if you left your treasure and your wealth in your house, you put a target on your back and people would come in and they would raid and they would steal whatever you had in your house. So what a lot of wise people did is they hid their treasure in fields and they hid their treasure within the ground. But from time to time, there would be people who passed away who didn't get around to picking up their treasure, who didn't get around to giving their treasure onto their loved ones. And so there would be within fields and within land, treasure within the ground, buried within the ground. And what Jesus is telling us here in this story is this is man, he's walking through this field and all of a sudden he trips over this treasure buried in the ground. And in it, he finds it and so he buries it over. He goes over and sees there's a for sale sign on, on the door of this property and he goes and buys the field. And he says he hit it again and in his joy, there's our other word, he went and sold everything he had and bought the field. He sees his treasure is worth so much value that he gives up everything that he has in order to go buy this treasure. He gives up everything to go buy this field because when he gets the field, he gets the treasure. And the treasure is worth more than whatever he had. And so he sees it as worth selling everything for so he could have this treasure. And what Jesus points out in this story is two things. That one, that permanent treasure is worth pursuing in comparison to temporary treasure, because permanent treasure gives permanent joy. But not only that, but Jesus points out that your treasure is whatever you pursue. Your treasure is whatever you pursue. This man, when he finds the treasure, what does he do? He goes and sells everything he has in order to receive it, in order to attain it. And whatever you treasure is whatever you pursue, and whatever you pursue is what you treasure. For some of us, that's why we go out and we go and uh, we go to uni because we're pursuing that treasure of that career. For some of us, that's why we get up early in the morning to go to the gym because we're pursuing that goal, that treasure of looking great, that desired waistline. In other words, what Jesus is pointing out here is, if you want to treasure heaven, then you need to pursue it. You need to take steps toward it. And whatever you pursue is what you treasure. And all of us are pursuing something. All of us treasure something. And it's important to know what, we're tre- what we treasure, regardless of whether you want to take hold of this permanent treasure or not. Because at the end of the day, this Christmas, what you treasure will determine and influence the joy that you experience this Christmas. And so, as we kind of land the plane on this series, 
I want to leave you with two four Mondays. One for everybody in this room and everybody listening online. And then I want to leave you with one four Monday for those of you who want to pursue the permanent treasure given to us as a gift this Christmas. And so, Full Monday 1, this is for everybody, whether you're church, unchurched, whether you just floated in for the first time. I want you to determine honestly what your actions say you treasure. All of you are pursuing something. All of us are moving towards achieving something. And our treasure is not what we say we treasure, but it's what we move towards. It's what we pursue. It's what our actions say we treasure. Some of us, we say we treasure looking great, but in reality, what we, what we eat says something completely different. And it's the same with anything else that you treasure. It's not what you say, but it's your actions that reflect what you treasure. And so to help you kind of determine what you treasure and what you're moving towards and what you're pursuing, when you ask two questions of yourself, where do you spend your time and where do you, what do you spend your money on? See, what we spend our time on reflects what we treasure. Whether it's with our family, whether it's at a career, whether it's um, at uni, where do you spend your time? And for some of us, probably a better question is, where do you spend your free time? When you've got time off, where do you spend it? Who do you spend it on? Do you spend it on yourself? What do you do in your free time? For some of you are like, I've got no free time. Well, maybe it kind of points out that you treasure your career, and that treasure is your uni because that consumes all your free time because at the end of the day, that's what you're pursuing. Not only that, but what you spend your money on shows what you treasure and what you value. (laughs) Do you spend your money on you? Do you spend your money on looking great? And There's nothing wrong with doing that, but what percentage is going towards that? Do you spend your money on giving to other people? What do you spend your money on? What you spend your money on and where you spend your time will help you determine just what you treasure because it's our actions and not what we say that reflects what we truly treasure. And the second part of this Four Monday, I really, uh, is for those of you who want to take hold of that treasure that's offered to us at Christmas. Those of you who want to embrace the gift of Christmas, Jesus. If you want to pursue the treasure of heaven, and you want to embrace the gift of Christmas, Jesus. I want to give you one application. See, there's 15 days till Christmas. There's 15 days between now and Christmas Day. And for the next 15 days, what I want you to do is to give 15 minutes of your morning, 15 minutes of the morning of your day to investing into your relationship with Jesus. Some of you are like, what's a relationship with Jesus? I've never been to church. I'm not really a church person, but I'm keen on this treasure. What does it mean to invest time? For some of you, that means praying. And when we pray, it's not this weird mystical thing. It's simply a conversation with the one who loves us, with the one who cares about us. And some of you, it's just praying to him and thanking him for what he's done for you and to ask him to be with you, to ask him to be with you as you move towards Christmas. For others of you, it's going to be reading your Bible. For others of you, it's going to be simply listening to some worship music. Whatever it is, I just want you to take 15 minutes of your morning and I want you to give your morning because, and rather than the end of your day, because what you notice is what you value 
goes at the start of the day. What you value goes first on the priority list. And when you start a day in a happy mood, what happens? It transcends through your entire day. When you start the day on the wrong side of the bed and angry, it transcends through the entire day. Where you start your day affects your whole day. And so if you want to truly pursue the gift that God has given, then I want you to give your first 15 minutes and to pursue it so it affects your whole day and your whole life just for the next 15 days as we approach Christmas. As we draw to a close on tonight's message, some of you are probably thinking, is it worth it? Is it worth pursuing this treasure? Well, I want to give you a picture of what that treasure looks like. And it doesn't mean looking up to the clouds to get a picture. A guy named uh, Randy Alcorn kind of puts it this way. He says, in order to get a picture of heaven, you don't need to look up to the clouds. You need to simply look around and imagine what all this would be like if there was no sin, without sin and without death without suffering and without corruption. To imagine a world where there is no sin. To imagine a world where everybody extends love, that nobody gossips about anybody, that nobody goes and brings people down, that nobody hurts somebody else. A world where everybody extends love 24-7. Imagine a world without death. A world where our loved ones will never fade away. Where our life will never fade away. Imagine a life without pain or suffering. That's the life that your heavenly Father wanted for you. And that's why He gave His one and only Son for you. And that's why, why we celebrate Christmas. And so, to help you remember, give your first 15 this for the next 15 days and pursue the treasure of heaven and embrace the gift of Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. We're going to pray right now and then we're going to move into a time of communion. Dear God, we just thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you for the gift of Christmas, your son, Jesus. And we thank you for what he gave us by dying for us. I just pray that you would help us to pursue you and to take hold of that treasure that's found in you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.